Hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to uh, my podcast, Heavenly Places. Uh, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Brothers for having me. I'm, I'm your host, Jameer. Um, last last week, we uh, finished up the book, Manifest Destiny, The Path Towards Wisdom. I'd like to thank everyone who uh, went, uh, listening, and hopefully you were able to get something out of it. Uh, this week, uh, actually, I was trying to um, discover, discover or, or or lead on what to uh, speak about, and uh, Dorothy came up with the idea of uh, depression because um, a lot of people are struggling with that about this this time. Actually, a lot of people are struggling. You know, for this past week, I've been uh, praying and reading different scriptures on depression and and just um, kind of seeing what's going on in the world with depression. So. Um, I open up in prayer, and we can get started. Um, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and ears to understand uh, what you're trying to say to us, Father, to uh, encourage us and direct us, direct our friends, direct our families, Father. Um, We also lift up a a special prayer again for the nation, oh, Father, this day. um, Help America, Father Lord, and help to be leaders um, in the world and not followers um, and help them only to follow you Father Lord so that they can lead others so they they also can follow you um, thank you for your Jesus, Father um, in the mighty name of Jesus Amen Okay, and also before I start, I want to talk a little bit about something I seen on the news um, yesterday about the, Israel, the nation of Israel being attacked. Um, and actually, they were they were to defend that attack with, I guess, some of their missiles. But um, that's one of the things that we are in the time of uh, where there are wars and rumors of wars, and that can be very, very discouraging. You know, but um, if you're watching the news, I want you to know to not be discouraged because it also that's one of the things that can actually cause depression. It seems like there's no hope, but uh, if we uh, read scripture and promises, we will see that that in the end, the nation of Israel will stand, and those who stand stand with Israel will be blessed. You know, Um, and I know there are different listeners, maybe from different countries or different denominations, who may have different perspective and views on that, but uh, just just remember that all of God's promises are yes and amen. They will come to pass, and, and God is standing with Israel, not because of really anything they done, really it's just because of the Father picked them up because they was the weakest of all the nations. So if you're in a place where you're a weakest state, you, you should consider God's looking to Israel as hope for you because you may feel like even though you're not a country, but a person who is the least of everyone, and that's the kind of people who God are looking for, people kind of with a humble beginnings and humble heart. He doesn't want anyone boastful or prideful, you know, pressure. Um, uh, so, of course, some of the things that I look at, the things that cause depression, um, of course, watching the news was, was something that, that someone had uh Death of a loved one, a family member, whether it's like someone that you was uh, had been expecting to be 
passing, like if someone who had like their illness or there was some type of coma, he used to, was waiting for them to pass or something that happens instantly, you know. Those are all, no matter whatever the situation, those things cause depression. Um, uh, also, uh, things in relationships, maybe it's like a, a mother and daughter or husband and wife, son and father or son and mother or brother and sister, if you can have some type of a strain in a relationship and, and even actually over the uh, holidays when depression is really, really big, you know, because that's the time when a lot of families get together and some people don't get trained in relationships and they don't go visit their family and it causes uh, depression. Um, actually, actually, when I, I looked it up and I, I seen that in America, I'm not sure about the other countries in the world, but America it says that they spend over $200 billion a year in medical expenses related to, uh, like, grief-type things and depression. It actually was a little bit more than that. Uh, some of them had, like, 190. Some of them had all the way up to, to $400 um, big billion. A lot of them were, like, around the 200, so I just used that number of uh, $200 billion that are, are spent in medical expenses. And uh, and as like you're just throwing out numbers, I'm throwing out numbers out there, but that, that seems like wow, 200 billion. What is that? So I thought about in comparison, um, America, America as a country, they we also spend 600 billion dollars on the military. So to de- defend our nation, we spend a lot on nuclear weapons, tanks, aircraft, servicemen, uh, technology, all those different types of things that um, America needs to defend. $600 billion for military that Americans spend, and then only $200 billion for depression. Now, to help us get a, a, a proper perspective on that one, I don't know if I'm throwing out a whole lot of numbers, but China, that's one of the countries that uh, spends also a lot of money on uh, its military it says they spend $150 billion a year on their uh, tanks, armor, aircrafts, and military. So $150 billion they spend. So, so we spend, as Americans, we spend more money in America to fight depression and the whole entire country of China spends to defend this country. That that's crazy, right? Just just to think about that, you know, that China is spending 150 billion a year for its military, but we're spending 200 billion a year in medical expenses to uh, fight depression. And China's population is way bigger than America's population, you know. And that, that to me is just amazing because this depression thing is as a war is a battle, you know. Uh, if you look at the uh, like the major health sites, they say actually depression is the leading cause of disability in the workplace. So a lot of times people think of uh, vision or people in wheelchairs, which are disabilities also. But uh, it, this is depression as a leading cause of disability. So that's above all the other things, you know, a, a mind issue. So. Uh, and then it led me to the uh, 
that basically that we're in a battle, you know, of the mind. And it's a it's a battle it's kind of like an unusual battle, you know, because it seems like it's a never-ending battle. Because when you think about, like, a lot of the major wars, World War One, World War Two, and the Cold War, they all, in a sense, they have their ending. You know, like maybe it was two years, four years, or ten years or whatever. But in our minds, it seems like the battle, it never ends. You know, it's always a war and battle. And a lot of us are uh, actually being defeated in this war. And it's like a, a continuous losses, And it's causing many people to become more and more and more depressed. You know, and so the question is, uh, how how can we uh, have victory against depression, you know? <laughs> Um, a lot of times in the medical field, like you want to, you want to take a pill, you know, for it to go away or do some type of a routine or habit that'll, that'll remedy the situation. Um, and there are pills that people take for depression. That's part of the 200 million, the billion, I'm sorry, that is, that is spent, you know, um, on battling depression and counseling and, all those types of things. And every now and then I believe people are successful, but it, overall it seems like nothing really is uh, fixing the situation. So that's when you, uh, if you're in that type of situation where it seems like everything you're trying is, is not helping or not working, then um, actually even before you get to that, you should always, uh, especially be, being believers or Christians, you should, uh, we should go to the word, you know. One of the scriptures that I want to mention actually that talks about uh, the battle of the mind is uh, the very famous scripture, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons are our warfare. They are not of flesh. But they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Um, and we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raise itself against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Now, that scripture right there is, is saying a lot, but basically what it's saying is we're, we're fighting a battle in our mind. And I'm using this scripture because it could be many types of battles, but this mind battle we're talking about tonight is a depression, you know, because it's like, it's not really, it can be a physical thing, but it seems like it's more like a uh, a mental thing. And, and the enemy is using situations and circumstances that happen in our life, you know, to enter and elect those things and cause us to be, sorrowful, to have grief, to feel defeated, and to be depressed. And one thing that we can learn from Scripture is that uh, if you uh, search the Scripture, we all can think that we're the only one who ever faced that situation, um, or this is something new, but actually Scripture says that uh, really nothing is new under the sun. It's just like whenever you watch, if you ever watch any movies, um, and then they re-released the movie. Um, for example, one movie uh, that was released a while back that I'm thinking of is uh, 
I Am Legend. It was a movie, I Am Legend, but for this generation, they thought it was a, a new movie, and I also thought it was, but then I found out it was actually another movie released before that, maybe like 20 or actually more than that, maybe 30 years before, and I can't remember the title of it, but it was the same movie, except it had a different title, and it was written, actually, both of the movies come from a book. So they would just re-release and repackage it in a different way. So the movie was new to me and to many others, but to my father and others, like, well, this thing is done before. And there's been several movies like that where, oh, okay, this is a new movie, but actually, you know, it's just, it's just a remade movie or, or redone movie. So really nothing, just nothing new. They're just saying it a different way, not similar to the things we experience in life. You know, sometimes we feel like this is something new, this is a new attack or new battle, but really it's the same battle that the enemy's been raging against you, but it's just manifested or packaged in a, in a different way or a new way that um, and you, sometimes we're not able to understand or perceive that. So in scripture, we, we see uh, many people who uh, suffered uh, or who struggled with depression. I want to give you some examples of people who, uh, who was uh, struggling with uh, depression. <clears throat> and some of them you may know about already. So we know David. He was, uh, he was troubled, and he uh, often battled the spirits, you know, uh, and uh Samuel chapter 12, and also in uh, Samuel chapter 18, you know, when he uh, had actually lost his son, you know, he was depressed from that situation. Um, of course, we know he got into that situation about not living a holy life, but still, no matter how you get in that situation, there's still a battle a depression that uh, you have to face. Also, Elijah wanted to powerful mighty prophets you know he also uh was very discouraged you know and um he was first kings chapter 19 verse 4 he says i have had enough lord he said take my life i'm no better than my ancestors so basically he he wanted to uh um his his depression you know and discouragement and sorrow, you know, it made him actually not even want to be on the face of the earth anymore. And I know a lot of people who uh, struggle with depression, also uh, suicide, you know, or, or and things like that want to enter in their lives, <laughs> you know. So, and he, he's not the only one. Uh, also, Jonah, we know that. He says, uh, Jonah in Jonah chapter 4, verse 3, he says, Now, O oh Lord, Take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. And also in Jonah chapter 4, verse 9, he says, I am angry enough to die. Um, so even though Jonah, he was kind of like angry, but his anger, anger kind of turned into a uh, depression. You know, it caused him to be depressed, where he also did not want to be here. Um, Moses, Moses, he, he, he didn't, he also uh, struggled with uh, depression. Even Jeremiah, <laughs> I mean, I can go on and on. I was just wondering, just from Jeremiah chapter 20, verse, but Jeremiah chapter 20, verse uh, 14, and also 
kind of since 18. But Jeremiah said, curse the day that I was born. Why did I ever come out the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? So basically, I, I give you all these examples from Scripture to uh, and know basically that um, you are not the only one in your situation or circumstance. And um, as a encouragement, you know, that these great men, you know, who follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father and and Jesus, you know, they followed the leading and, and they was able to have victory in their lives despite every situation and circumstance, you know, that they faced. Um, some of the other examples uh, I thought about was Joseph. Joseph, his own family betrayed him, and they they sold him, and they left him for dead. They didn't actually care what happened to him. Um, Job, we know Job, he's one of the famous ones. He actually had everything taken away from him. Job, in Job chapter 2, verse 13, it says, then they sat on the ground with him, just talking about his friends, for seven days and seven nights. And guess what? No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Um, and uh, Job, I actually want to talk about this, Job, a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but we see that uh, the reasons, a lot of the reasons why uh, Job became sorrowful because all these things were happening on the outside, but the root of it was actually the enemy who was attacking them. In Job chapter 1, verse 8 says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And um, this scripture right here, this Job chapter 1, verse 8, it seems like uh we have God just like just merely looking at it on glance, like it, the God, our Father, you know, is basically just, he just basically auctioning off job. Okay, who wants the highest bidder to, to destroy Job's life? Like he's a piece of meat or, or something like that. But I, I think that's like a kind of a really rough rendering or or translation of the scripture. And actually, instead of it saying, "Have you considered serving Job?" Uh, some of the other translations. It says, I, I see that you have been considering my servant Job. So basically that's Satan. He was actually walking to and fro looking for somebody that he could devour. And one of the people that he had been considering was Job. It wasn't that our father was like, okay, let's bring up Job to the picture. But the father already knowing what was on the heart of Satan, he he said, oh, okay, I see that you've been considering him, you know. Um <clears throat> And let, let me go ahead and read that. I'll start in, uh, let's see, 13. And this is what happened, you know. And there was a day when the sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine and, uh, and in their eldest brother's house. And then there came a message on to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabian fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they had slain the servant. <clears throat> excuse me. They had slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and only I am escaped alone to tell thee. 
And while he was still yet speaking, then there came another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and have burned up the sheep and the servants, some of them. And I am the only one to escape to tell thee. And while he was still speaking, there came another and said, The, the Chaldeans can't. The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell and have slain the servants and the edge of the sword, and I only am alone to tell thee. And while he was still speaking, there came another and said to them, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine, and their eldest brother, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon a young man, and they are dead, and I alone only have escaped to tell thee. Um, so basically, on the from the natural side of it, we see these people coming in and killing things that belong to Job. We see fire coming from heaven, um, burning up the camels, and then we see a wind coming from the wilderness, you know, um, saying, Killing his uh, children, you know. We so we see these natural things that happen, but we don't don't realize that uh, actually behind all those natural things was is the enemy. The enemy was causing all these things to happen, and a lot of times we as believers we get so focused on well, my brother said this to me, or my coworker did this to me, or or um. This situation is happening in my life, and we don't realize the root cause of it, and we don't realize the root cause of it. We we lash out to friends, or family members, or coworkers, um, even though they may have be involved in it and some piece connected with it. They're they're not the issue. They're not the problem. Even if you remember when uh, Jesus went to cast off the uh, demon uh, uh, legion. And the man had all the demons in him. But before that actually happened, Jesus was in a boat and told his disciples that they were going to go to the other side. And they, if you remember the story, but a great wind came upon it and was trying to stop them and hate their progress. And then Jesus said, peace be still. And then the wind stopped and I believe the disciples said, man, what, what kind of man is this? Even if the, the winds and waves obey him or whatever. But the winds in a way, I believe it was, it was an evil spirit behind those winds that were causing that um, situation to happen because they didn't want Jesus and just the disciples to get to that island to the other side so that uh, the man with the demons could be delivered, you know. So even with us dealing with depression, though, there may be things that happen natural in our life. You know, and and some things, you know, death of loved ones and all and all those types of things, you know, they're real situations and real and real things that happen and I'm not trying to take any anger away that you have towards a person or individual, but at the same time I want you to to realize that the who the real enemy is behind that thing. Even sometimes we get so focused on the issue that we forget what is the root cause of the issue is, you know. So that's what was going on uh, with Joe. The root issue was the enemy attacking him in these different ways, but uh, it caused him to uh, 
to be depressed, you know. Um, Peter, uh, we remember Peter when he denied uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus three times, you know. In Peter's case, it was something that basically he did to himself. So sometimes we do things to ourselves that causes us to uh, to be grieving, to be uh, depressed. And he basically what he did was uh, he denied Jesus three times. Um, let's see what I had one more other example. But I can't find it. Okay. Let me uh, go ahead and move forward on that. But so basically, no matter what the cause is of your uh, grief or sorrow, you know, we are, we all face it. The question is, what, what, how can we respond? How can we respond to it, you know? Um, and a way that we can respond to it is knowing the root, which is the enemy, but also know, knowing other things about it. You know, and one of the scriptures uh, that also talks about depression and grief and sorrow is uh, actually Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. That's Proverbs 12, verse 25. It says, uh, I'll read the first part of it. It says, heaviness in the heart of a man make if it stoop, S-T-O-O-P. So they say heaviness. Um, um, some versions say sorrow or depression. But I like how it says, heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop. And it's talking about the heart. Um, uh, when, I, when I looked up that word stoop in the Hebrew, uh, it says uh, depress, um, prostrate, it also says uh, to pay homage to. It uh, says it means to bow down, to crouch, to fall down, to um, reverence, or to worship. You know. Also, so that's stoop right there to worship, reverence, and all these type of things. And then this word heaviness. I mean, just just think about the literal translation in your mind. You know, you're thinking about a weight. Um, like lifting weights, weights are heavy. Um, moving objects and some different objects are heavy. But imagine you trying to carry like a a weight, you know, uh, a very heavy weight. You, you're carrying something that's very heavy. Maybe it's like two gallons of milk or four gallons of milk, whatever it may be heavy to you. We all have different things that are that are heavy to us. But I'm talking about physical objects. And imagine trying to carry that while walking. So, like, you're walking home from front of the grocery store. If you don't have a vehicle and you you carrying bags, you know, that's extra weight, extra heaviness is going to cause you to be kind of delayed. It's going to slow you down. Sometimes whatever you're carrying might be so heavy that it, it actually stops you from moving forward, you know. And that's what depression does. It causes you to become still. It causes you to stop progressing. You know, it's like the whole world is revolving and still moving around you, but you are stuck in this place because of this heaviness, you know. And also this heaviness, it says the heaviness of the heart makes a man fall down. And you begin to focus on this situation or circumstance, whatever is causing you to have this depression. Actually, 
whether you're doing it intentionally or or unintentionally doing it, what you're doing is allowing that heavy, heaviness to take the place of your heavenly father in your life or in my case too in my life. You know, when we do that, we are reverencing that issue, that depression, and we're stooping to it we're, and we're worshiping it, though that may not be our intent, but we're allowing that issue or that depression to take place that our father should have, you know. Um, and the easy remedy to that situation or circumstance is uh, basically the short answer is to read the word, to pray, to fast, to worship. To read the word, to pray, to fast, and worship. And we all know it's easier to say that, you know, okay, you need to read, you need to pray uh, when you're going through that situation. It's easier to say it than to do it because then you think, okay, but well, what do I read or or what do I pray about or, or what foods do I stop eating or, or what worship song do I sing or I, I can't even sing at all, you know? Um, how can I remove this depression or heaviness if I don't even know where to start or how to start, you know? And, you know, sometimes it starts with just asking the Father, Father, help me. I had a um, a friend who was uh, in a state of depression because he had someone real close to him that had betrayed him, you know, and he was basically ready to just give up on life. And he was depressed, but he remembered the word of the Lord, and he started praying. And guess what happened? Uh, a woman came to his house with some tapes, on um I can't remember what the teaching was, but he listened to the tapes which were our preaching tapes and then he said that made him feel better but he was in still the process of praying and still feeling that heaviness on him. Uh a pastor um from a church came and actually started inviting him to church. And uh he had not called or contacted the pastor. The pastor just felt upon his heart to come and contact him. So he had started to uh, do that, and he actually got mad at the pastor because he was coming to his house. But then he thought to himself, the man thought to himself, he said, well, what, well wait a minute. I'm the one who uh, who asked you, Father, for help. You know, and you were sending help, so I need to respond. So anyway, this man, he ended up uh, coming in under this man's ministry and he's a, a pastor this day, but f- for, for, um, some months, almost a year, you know, he was just stuck in that heaviness and that depression, but he began to, to pray his way out, you know, and the, these people who the father sent, and sometimes we, uh, we're praying and the father is sending people, but we don't realize it. And we reject those things. Um, it's like a, I heard a story one time of a man who was stranded. You may have heard this too on the top of his house because of a flood. And then uh, like a uh, a boat came by to pick him up, and he said, no, I'm waiting for God. And then like a, uh, a helicopter came, and then something else came. And he was like, no, 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 because he didn't realize that our father, you know, he was uh, – providing provision and coming through that way and manifesting himself through that way, but he ended up not taking any of the options, you know, and that's sometimes how we are. We want 
our Father, we want the Lord Jesus to come physically. <laughs> I know I do. I want to. I want to see Him physically come into my bedroom, and I hear testimony about that. But that has never happened to me, at least that I recall or know of. Um, but also this Proverbs, getting back to this Proverbs 12, verse 20, talking about heaviness. So we have heaviness in the heart make a man stoop. But also the second part of that proverb in Proverbs 12, verse 25, it says, but a kind word cheers it up, you know, a kind word cheers it up. And that's the case with the, uh, my, the friend I was sharing with you about the pastor who was heaviness. But he had some cassette tapes, which is the word, the word. And then he had pastor come and bring him the word again, the word. It could be through some audio tapes. That was cassette notes back in the day. But now they are MP3, CDs, streaming on YouTube, you know, all all different types of methods here in America. We're so blessed to have all these different ways because a lot of countries, they lock that stuff down and block it because they don't want people to hear it. But we're fortunate here because... The gospel is just everywhere, you know. It's everywhere. And the gospel is a kind word. It cheers us up. We talked about when Peter, he actually, when he uh, denied Jesus, actually I'll read that that passage to you in John chapter 21, starting in verse 15. They had finished eating. Jesus said to Simon Peter, and this was after uh, Jesus had uh, died on the cross and resurrected and all this kind of things. And um, they were out there fishing. And uh, Jesus said to him, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. <clears throat> and again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Then the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. <clears throat> you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I tell you. When you were young, you dressed yourself and and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you would stretch out your hands and someone else would dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death for which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. You know, you know, the disciples, a lot of them, well, particularly Peter, you know, they struggle with depression, you know, and they, or Peter, in this case, because he was constantly thinking about what happened about him denying Christ, and then he brought uh, Jesus talked about um, get thee hence Satan for you as a stumbling block when he said you only had to die on a cross. All of these things are probably popping up. In Peter's mind, you know, about uh, this and causing him to be depressed where he didn't even want to be a disciple no more. And he went back to his old job of uh, fishing, you know, <laughs> um, which was basically uh, kind of messed up. But what was unfortunate for them was that, uh, of course, they 
basically they had Jesus right there, you know. And right here having this open dialogue with them. And as I, I talked about or alluded to earlier, I know many of us, we want that type of experience with Jesus, you know, that he would just show up, you know. But a lot of times, I mean, I'm not trying to say he doesn't, but a lot of times we, we, we don't experience that in our lives to where it's, it's manifested like that. But what he would do is do with the very purpose for which he came here to do is use your mother, your father, your brothers or sisters to come, the pastor, the minister, the prophet, to come and speak the word or promises over your life. You know, when you're in that heavy state or in that heavy situation, you know, because all of us, you know, I'm pretty sure all of us, even though we might not have a a chronic type depression, but all of us in some way or, or, our circumstance may have have situations where we have been depressed and suffer with grief and suffer with sorrow and had this heaviness in our lives, you know. One way to battle it, um, besides having people come to you, like people who you're connected who are believers, is basically, I talked about earlier, about reading the word. You're going to have to get into the self and you have to, to take it literally like medicine uh, where we have, we have to realize that in, that in the scripture it says that all the promise of the Lord are yes and amen. Um, actually, the, uh, the, the word says uh, that it's medicine. Um, let, me, let me find that scripture. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 22, it says... Um, Actually, let me go. Let me go. Actually, I want to go a little bit back further. Proverbs, I think, four twenty. Hold on. Proverbs four verse twenty. That says, uh, "My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life." to those who find them and help to one whole body. Um, this right here was actually Proverbs. It was written before uh, Jesus actually came to the earth, you know. Um, so this is a part of his word, the word, you know, we, I mean, we have to look at it as more than black and white lettering on a page, but these are actually promises, and and it's saying healing to one whole's body. So it's not just so you can feel feel good in your mind, but actually so you can feel good in your literal literal body. You know, even though your mind, I guess your mind, you know, is also part of your brain. But what you do is you you find you a scripture and you take it like medicine. So sometimes you have prescriptions where it says take one, three times a day, like before a meal or whatever, you know, you have that, your, your doctor, your medical doctor may prescribe that to you, but you as yourself, you can prescribe scriptures to yourself. So your uh, situation that you face in depression is 
is from a relationship that you had um, where you, you no longer have that person in your life for, for some reason or, or situation, and you need um, healing in that area from d- depression because it's causing the heaviness in your life. What you do is uh, you find a scripture, you know, that deals with that particular issue. And if it's uh, a lot of the Bibles these days, they have concordances in the back in the back of it, so or word searches, so you can look up different words, and you can even even go on Google or or Blue Letter Bible and phones. They have apps too where you can just search up keywords like um, relationships. Um, Suicide, all types of things, and it's going to bring up situations where that happens in Scripture, but also it brings up the promises. And this right here is, is one of our main weapons. It says we don't wage like the world. Sometimes, sometimes you want to lash out in words against other people, or sometimes we don't lash out with people, but we we use our lack of words to lash out. So we won't call them, we won't say anything to them. <clears throat> but what that is, is actually that's not a way to be victorious. That's a way to be uh, even more defeated. You know, that's not what you want. You want to take this word and use it to bring this mind and you want to use it as a weapon. Um, Like it says in Ephesians 6, it's talking about putting on the whole armor of of God and the, the word, you know. Is, is is a weapon that we can use with the armor of God. It's like the sword of the spirit, you know. <laughs> um, so that was Peter. Now another another uh, person actually I thought about it in scripture was uh, <clears throat> Joseph. Yeah, remember remember Joseph. He uh, his brothers. They sold him. Actually, they wanted to kill him. And they was like, "Okay, we should do this, do this, do that." Anyway, they ended up selling him. And then basically, it was he was like, "Okay, he they could have killed him, whatever. They didn't care what happened to Joseph." And you found out that Joseph, he actually what uh, became a suffer. And it seems like from scripture that uh, many scholars say that he was uh, with Potiphar for actually eleven years, being a servant in his house. And then the incident happened where Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of um, trying to attack her. So uh, basically, Joseph was thrown into jail, and he was actually in jail for two years, at least two years, you know, before um, the Pharaoh had brought him up to interpret his dream. So he was in it in prison for two years in the power. So that was 13 years. Joseph was waiting for this dream because before the, even that, Joseph had a, a, a promise that he would be a ruler over his brothers and ruler over many nations, you know, with the dream. And that was one of the reasons why the brothers threw him in because he had told him about what was going to happen. So anyway, but just imagine those 11 years being a servant. And then even after that, two years being um, in jail or in prison. And imagine how depressed Joseph was and, and, and the, the heaviness that, that came upon his life and the heaviness he felt, you know. And the question is, well, what, 
what did he do um, during that time? What was going on and uh, what kept him encouraged? You know, I'm pretty sure he was um, depressed and wondering uh, when the Lord was going to bring home victory. And actually it says that uh, in Genesis chapter 39, verse 21, it says that while he was in uh, prison, you know, while he was in jail, in verse 21, it says the Lord was with him. And he showed kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison war. So even though he was in a situation which he didn't deserve, the Lord was continuing showing favor and made him uh, give him favor with the person who was over over the prison. Um, so we had to take a little situation and a circumstance that we're going through and, and look toward the Father's movement in that situation. So Joseph, he wasn't where he was promised to be at yet. He wasn't ruling over his brothers yet. But um, while he was there, the Lord showed himself faithful in love, you know, and gave him a favor during that time. And so while you're in this time of uh, heaviness or depression, because heaviness can seem like its own prison within itself. It could be very sunny outside and beautiful, the birds chirping and people walking around in strollers and riding their bikes. And you probably could be out there too, but you are walking around with a spiritual ball and chain, kind of just dragging and no one, and that's the discerning I might be able to see, but no one else can see that you're in this prison and this bondage. It's like, all the world around you revolving, but you stuck in this state. And the only thing that can get you out of it, you know, is is a is a power of of the written word. And I'm not I'm people seeing it over and over and over again. But the word, this written word, it, it's nothing like it known to man. It, there's nothing, nothing like a known man. No, no weapon, no nuclear weapon, no, um, no cancer, no um, disease, no autoimmune disease, no broken relationship. If you apply this word to your, to it, it guarantees that whatever that ball and chain of heaviness is. Proverbs chapter three. If you look at Proverbs chapter 3, actually all of Proverbs chapter 3, that whole chapter is good. Um, but in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, it's, it talks about this uh, word. And actually, verse 1, it says, my son, do not forget my law, uh, verse 1. Um, actually, in the other versions say, do not forget my teachings. And, okay, basically, okay. That means more than just medit- meditating on a word or taking a word three days, three times a day. Like, okay, I'm quoting this scripture. Okay, I, I quoted it at breakfast. I quoted it at lunch. I quoted it at dinner. It, it's more than okay. It says, "Do not forget my teachings." And um, a lot of times in, in a Western world or, or a Western mindset, mind we think, okay, I got to memorize. I need to get more knowledge. I need to get more information. But this right here. It's not just um, talking about information or knowledge or, or quoting something. 
but it's talking about living it. And if you have like a look at a, how the Hebrew language is written, written or how they live it out, I'm not sure if that's how it is today, but back in their time, not forgetting basically means living it out. Okay. So uh, if you ever seen, you ever seen like a, uh, watch like any type of sports, maybe it's like professional sports, like I'm watching, we're watching a basketball game and you know, this basketball player, he's really good. And uh, he's usually good at, at playing it, but then like he's playing this game and he's not playing like he usually plays or a couple of two or three games. He just really, really not making the points like he's usually doing. And he's just really off. And you find yourself saying, or me, myself, saying to the TV, man, did he did he forget how to play? Or did he did he forget how to do this? Did he forget the game or how, how it goes? And that's almost a sort of line of what the scripture says. My son, don't forget. Because it's talking about Hebrew. They, they say the Hebrew language is a word of action. So just not, okay, I'm not, I'm not just saying where I'm quoting these scriptures. But I'm acting them out. I'm performing them. I'm, I'm executing them. And it says, "My son, do not forget my teachings." You know. So basically, what, what that is that is saying is um, that scripture that you got about healing or deliverance or a healing of relationship, healing of the body, that you're also doing actions along with it. So I will I will not be depressed according to the word and promises of God. That all the promises of the Lord are yes and amen. Actually, it's a, it's a passage in here. Um, it says, but let your heart keep my commandments. I want to get to that, but it says also for length of days and long life and peace will they add to you. So we got three things. We got length of days, we have long life and peace. Now, what's the difference between length of days and long life? That's both, both, both of those two sound like the same thing. Length of days and long life. Why is the scripture repeating that? Well, actually, those two things are two different things. Um, long life, I can't remember which one it is now because I don't have it up before me. But long life basically is like um, long life. Like, okay, people live into 70s, 80s, 90s, 100 or whatever. Long life. But length of days is, is the quality in life, you know. So that a lot of people you live long lives, but they don't have that quality in life, and that's what the length of days is. So if you don't forget his teachings, and you let the hearts keep, let your heart keep his commandments, then you have length of days. That means that you would just not just be living. Like when it's outside and the birds are chirping and people are riding the bike, and and you're living too. But you won't be walking around with that heavy chain if you let your heart keep his commandments. You won't be walking around with that invisible heavy chain or that heaviness. But that'll be snatched away from you and you'll be walking freely. You know, that's what that length of days is. Length of days and long life is not just living a long time, but living a choice and victorious life. And also says in peace, peace of mind. So that war, this continuous battle that you have, and you can have peace. And it's not like the world kind of peace, like where they sign a peace treaty where, it's, okay, we agree we're not going to fight during this time. But you might still have some of those same situations and circumstances attacking you. But you can know that uh, you're going to be victorious 
and that that's going to give you the pieces like uh, watching a movie where you already know the ending and you've seen the characters going through these different situations, but you have confidence in like, oh, okay, I'm not jumping at this thing. I'm not going to worry because I already know this person, this character at the end, he's living, and the, and that's what you can do. You can know, okay, at the end, even during the midst of all this conflict in the Middle East and in America, we know from Scripture that if you, you we don't have to worry about Israel because Israel um, is going to be standing in the end, not because of its great military power, you know, um, not really because it has American as an ally, but because that's what the word and promises are in the Scripture. Though our Father might use the military power that Israel has, or does our father might use America as an ally, which America, I believe, is the only ally to Israel. But right now it looks like the whole world is against them, which they are, if you look at the United Nations and all that kind of thing. But, and it could be discouraging. A lot of people in Israel, they might be discouraged because they don't even believe in the, in the written word, you know, that we have the promises. So they, they don't know anything about that. So they might be discouraged and depressed just living in there, but we look at the word of promise and like Israel is going to be okay in the end. And just like Israel, and as an example, we in our own individual lives, we can have that same type of, of confidence and boldness, you know, and peace. And we can remove heaviness and depression if we just get into that word. If we just pray, and when we pray, and the people who come in our lives who are of God and Christian, and our Father is sending and bringing to us um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we allow those people to minister to us, but more importantly, allow the Word, the Word to minister to us, then uh, we can have a victor- vic- victory. And it's more than just reading word and allowing people, but it's certain things you're going to have to discard of and get rid of. Sometimes you're going to have to turn off the news, turn off the, the negative programming until you can get to that place where you have confidence in the word. Sometimes um, even in relationships, you may have to quit talking to or communicating in a person in a certain way. Maybe someone, your boss, you know, maybe you have a, Hey, I need to take a break. I need to go restaurant break or whatever. I need to, I need to get out of this situation just for this moment. You know, you might have to do something different in your life involving an action. That's like part of do not forget my teachings. Forgetting and remember the Hebrew language is action. So we're looking at action, not just words, quoting, and all these kind of things. Although those are very important. Um, I don't want you to, to stop doing that, but we also have to look at the action of it, of the word, or the action of what the scripture is saying, or what our Heavenly Father is saying, and where the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us and guide us and direct us. Um, so, um, I see a summary. If you can take anything out of all the different examples of Job and, and Peter and Joseph that I use from scripture, and even some of Elijah, who's, who have uh, struggled with depression, the main thing is, is, uh, is, and even though it, it's simple, <laughs> it's simple, you know, I said simple, easy to say is, is to read the word, but also 
to act the word, to perform the word, to execute the word. You know, the word says, uh, don't be hearers only, but doers. That's what it says in James. They use right here are simple keys. And we must not think, though, sometimes I see people in delivery and they have miracles in an instant. We can't we can't think of it like something that's going to happen in an instant, you know. Um, just look at the little progresses. Just set for yourself little goals, you know. And you might move past those goals, but set for yourself up little goals and little actions that you can take each day. Your own plan of a freedom from um, depression. Um, and that's... And that's all I have to say for this evening on uh, dealing with uh, depression, grief, and uh, sorrow. Dorothy, are you there still? Are you on there? Yes, I'm here. That was good. I like that idea of taking the scripture like medicine. And there are so many ways with our new technology where we can just automate that, you know. We can have our phones pop up with it now and can come in your email. Um, yeah. You know, they have reading programs. So, And I think part of the problem with grief and depression is we stop believing to some extent. And I think if we keep feeding ourselves that word, we'll start mm-hmm. believing it again. And then, you know, that will... Because I know if I'm really, really upset emotionally, which Mm -hmm. I don't do as much anymore that I'm so old, but, you know, um, I cannot hear God speak to me. And I know he speaks to me all the time, but if I am very, very upset, I can't hear it. So we need to get ourselves to the point where we can hear him. Because it's not him that's letting us down, it's us. We separate ourselves. So, and I've also read somewhere that speaking a truth like scripture out loud in your own voice helps reinforce it in in your mind physically. Or what do you call that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not not sure what you call it, but actually just just, uh, speaking a word, you know, Actually, if you, if you Google YouTube, uh, um, it's a video of this girl. She has, like, two plants. or And there's another video of someone having apples. And what they do is uh, they basically condemn and say all these negative words to this one plant or apple. And then they say all kinds of good things to this other plant and apple. And you see, like, one apple literally and one plant where the apple actually turned rotten. You know, and the other one was brown a little bit, but it was like the same list of time and the same words, you know. And that had an effect on these uh, different, I'm not sure what the scientific term is, but it had an effect on it. You know, those words, the words, quoting the word and speaking the word, it, it's, it's a process, you know. We don't realize that it, it's um, taking effect on us, you know, for, for just by quoting the word, you know. <clears throat> just by quoting it, you know, and just finding your scripture to memorize and quote it, taking it like a, a medicine. Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the best scriptures to meditate on is that um, 
whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure and good, think on those things. And I think we need to teach ourselves to do that. And no, it's not like the positive thinking guy. You know, that's not it. It's just that there are a lot of lies in our heads sometimes just for living life and listening to the news. And we got to get those lies out and replace it with truth, yeah. you know? Because uh, even the, uh, I mean, this, the advertisers, if you, uh, I mean, how much money they spend on that because, you know, when you tune into those shows, then by you hear something repetitive over and over again, you're going to want to purchase that uh, item or take that trip or whatever they, they trying to sell, you know, they, so they know by repetitiveness, you know, it uh is gonna cause you to act feel feel a certain way and that's the same is true with the scripture except it is it's uh as free as nothing that you have to buy. <laughs> you know, it's just something you have to mostly receive but they hear something on television because all you gotta do is hit the button and turn it on and it just comes in through but it it's it's hard to pick up the word and read but it's easy like like you said they have the media you can turn to youtube they have bible apps they have apps to read the scriptures to you it's really in america really we should be i mean it's very hard pressed because you have people in other countries where they they just have one book of the bible or might have torn bibles and all this kind of stuff and they they have they just got john 15 on one page and that's all they have but we have so many options, you know. Is it's just that we should we should want to take all these options and and um, be victorious, not just for us, but for those those who are around us. You know, we should take advantage of the situation that we have right now because it may not always be like that. So. And it won't be that way yeah. if the lefties have their way, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we gotta we gotta stay stay in the words the words they praying and then also do do the actions the actions of the word because the Hebrew language one of the things I'm learning is, is just an action a action word not just something that we can read oh, okay that would be pretty interesting but not something that we have to have to do yes you know a co- a couple of things that the Jewish people have that I really like the idea. Is the uh you remember the the I think it's called the tallit, the little fringe on the corner of your robe or whatever to remind you of God. So it's like they put God in front of their face every minute they can. And and the um that little mezuzah they have yeah, for the doorpost. Yeah. So and and post-it notes are great. Put a few scriptures on post-it notes. I mean, you're going to see yeah. it. Eventually, it'll get in there. And uh, Father's grace will prevail in your life as long as you let it. Yeah. So. Well, well I thank everyone for tuning in or listening, and I'll I will call, close out in prayer. And uh, thank you, uh, Dorothy, for your comments and having me on. Um, Father, I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your goodness and grace. Father, I lift up all those who are, are facing depression, Father. 
Fellow, that you would send a minister to them, a pastor, a friend, um, a believer to them, Father, who would encourage them, lift them up, give them a scripture, give them a word, Father, um, or maybe their TV or tune into the, the uh, channel that they need to listen to the message or the YouTube or, or whatever it is, or even their Bible over their phone or flip to the channel, flip to the scripture, Father Lord, or or however you see fit to, to reach them, Father Lord, in their life, Father. For those particularly dealing with uh, grief, depression, anxiety, anything related to that, Father, just minister to them, Father Lord. Um, let your Holy Spirit move and move where they, wherever they are, Father Lord. Speak to their hearts, Father Lord. Give them understanding, direction, hope, and peace. And let the days a long life, Father. Pass all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I did want to say, if if anyone is suffering from, like, a clinical depression, the scientists have found that it is not really a chemical imbalance in your mind. It is usually something going on in your gut biome and also vitamin and mineral deficiencies. They are finding... They relieve a lot of depression just giving someone some uh, magnesium. So, just be like I said, there's a lot of lies in our head from the nonsense out there. So let's replace Mm -hmm. it with reality. But everyone, you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week. And we'll see what Jameer teaches then. Yeah. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Jameer. This is is an important lesson for people. There are so many out there underneath this heavy weight, the way you described it. And and there is an answer. There is an answer. And focusing on Father is the answer. Getting the focus yeah. off, off the situation, off the emotions, and just focusing on him. Yes. Yeah. I know, been there, done that. I speak from experience, believe me. So. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, thank so you, thank Dorothy, for, for having me. Thank you for teaching. And you have a blessed evening and good night. Good night, all. Good night.